Welcome back to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and I'm happy that you are here. We like to think of Money Mile as standing at the corner of triathlon and personal finance. We believe that age group triathletes are the lifeblood of our sport, and we want to shine the light on some good people doing great things in our sport. Today, we have a very special guest on Money Mile. Today, we are joined by Jen O'Keefe. Now, she lives in Southern California, and she improved her finish time at the 2023 Oceanside 70.3 by seven minutes, most improved in her age group. She also started participating in triathlons in 2014 at the Equinox Sports Club. We are going to talk about Jen's journey in triathlon today. We are going to discuss some of the highlights and the lowlights, including some discussion of a racing challenge I had not heard of triathletes dealing with before. Jen opened my eyes to a new challenge that I had not even considered. We are going to talk about the best investment Jen has made, some other great ideas, and a bad investment. Dun, dun, dun. We are also going to talk with Jen about the impact triathlon has had on her life and how her life is so much better now than it was before. This is one of our special interview episodes, so it will be longer than a normal episode. There will be a brief intermission and form check opportunity in the middle-ish as well, so look forward to that. We have all the links in the show notes, so you can check into that stuff when you are at your computer. But for now, drop your shoulder blades into your back pockets, pick up your eyes, make sure you have a nice forward lean from the ankles, and let's listen up to this conversation with the one, the only, Jen O'Keefe. Jen, welcome to Money Mile. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Jen and I have had an opportunity to talk just for a couple of minutes here and getting a sense of what we're going to be talking about today. A big highlight of what we'll be talking about is your experience at Oceanside 70.3. But we want to kind of rewind the clock just a little bit here. Can you share with us a little bit about how you got started in triathlon? How did you get introduced to this fun, festive sport that we all enjoy? (laughs) Well, I was a runner prior to, and I think that's probably everyone's story. Um, I was a runner who was injured and a girlfriend of mine said, hey, why don't you try the pool? I said, okay. So I did. And then she said, why don't you try a bike? And I bought like a $200 bike. And so I did that and just put them all together. And the club that I was at rolled out a triathlon training camp and I attended that and I've been doing it ever since. That was probably year 2014. Okay. So coming up on nine years-ish in the sport overall. And you had mentioned uh, otherwise that was the Equinox Sports Club? That was at Equinox Sports Club. Yes. Excellent. Uh, So, you know, love to hear that they were rolling out triathlon training camps back in the day. Are they still doing anything like that these days? I don't believe so. Um, They were a named sponsor in the Malibu Triathlon here in California. So being part of that gym, you were able to get slots. Um, you, of course, you still have to pay for them, but you were able to gain entries into that uh, triathlon because it is very popular here. So that was the whole reason. And you are located still in Southern California? I am. And so we we had just talked briefly a moment ago about uh, your experience with the recent storm that had gone through and hurricane or cyclone, Hillary, depending upon who you talk to, you shared something great with me. Uh, wondering if you might be able to share your perspective on Hurricane Hillary and your triathlon training components. Could you share that with us? I don't know if you would call it a tropical storm or I don't know what it was, but so we weren't hit very bad. It, it was just 
I went out. I mean, it was raining and I ran 10 miles in the rain or a little longer than that. It wasn't windy. I think it may have missed us. I don't know. But I didn't have any issue at all with the wind or the rain. I was wet, of course. I'm not a fair weathered athlete, I guess you could say. I will pretty much train in any condition, any weather, except if it's hailing. That's my draw. So that that is where you draw the line. Is it hail? Yeah, pretty much hail. Maybe snow. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I appreciate that. And certainly glad to hear that that your experience uh, with the storm was was at least not a detrimental one. Uh, we do know that others are having more significant problems around the country and uh, certainly yeah. wish them the best uh, with all of that and hope that, that they are safe and that they are able to, to continue to protect their families and do well with that. But glad your experience was not. I'm in a beach community, so I don't, there was some high surf. Of course, I didn't, I didn't swim that morning. But running was totally fine. Excellent. Well, th- those of us outside of the area, you know, we have a tendency to see the news that shows just like the horrific, you know, snapshots of different things. So- Southern California is such a big area. I'm sure some areas were more heavily impacted than others. Ultimately, I'm, I'm glad that that your experience with that was a, a relatively good one. Right. Yeah. My area wasn't affected very, very badly at all. Good. So having been involved with triathlon for the last nine years-ish, what we found is that success means different things to different people and sometimes at different times in their lives. So how are you defining success for you? It's not about time for me at all. Of course, I do want a really good time, but my success in triathlon is race day. I mean, I love training. I love my teammates. But if I have a race and I feel absolutely fantastic that whole race that's a win for me excellent what triathlon team are you part of it's called team elite by sbr so my coach sherry boston renard you may have heard of her the the name sounds familiar yes so uh so you are part of that training group and that team uh so if you get to if you get to race well with them you're happy yes in particular we all just did oregon and there was i believe 19 of us 19 of you. That's fantastic. And and how was your experience at Oregon? It was a great course. If you're not a swimmer, I definitely would recommend it because it is current assist. I'm more of a swimmer. So for me, I kind of lost that advantage a little bit because I would be out of the water a lot quicker than most triathletes. But it was a great course, great town. Logistics were very easy for me. I just took a two hour plane up. But I would definitely recommend it if anyone is looking for a fast course. Fantastic. That's what I've heard. And I I noticed in your times, there was roughly a 45-minute difference between your Oceanside 70.3 time and your Oregon 70.3 time. So uh, fast course, it sounds like you had a great time as well-supported in the community. And I've, I've heard nothing but good things about Oregon. I'm looking forward to racing up there one of these days. And our, our Oceanside, when you were comparing Oceanside, I believe we had 32 teammates or somewhere around that. I mean, it might it might have been a little more. I'm not sure. But yeah, we had a lot of red out there. That's the color of our jerseys. So Splendid. Very nice. So I, I have not actually competed at Oceanside as of yet. 
And I should be clear that I, I use the term competed loosely. <laughs> I, I am a mid-pack age group athlete. And I, like you, I just enjoy getting out there and the experience of racing. I am not at the pointy end of anyone's spear, really. Uh, but I just enjoy the sport a tremendous amount. So one of these days, I'll get down to Oceanside uh, and, and race down there. I'll look forward to that. Maybe we'll, we'll see you out there. So part of what brought this conversation to be was your experience at Oceanside this year compared to last year. So Oceanside this year, you improved seven minutes uh, over your time from last year. And I'm hoping you can share with our audience a little bit more about that story uh, and kind of how you were able to improve so much. I was able to improve not necessarily on the bike, but my run was better than the previous year because I just, I trained more running than I had in the previous year. Another thing might have been this year, it was a harbor swim. They changed it last minute versus an ocean swim. I'm more comfortable in the ocean than I am in the bay and the harbor. So I had a hard time with my swim, honestly, with um, this year being in the harbor. I would have preferred the, the ocean. Interesting. That's where my time differences came in was uh, my run. Okay. And so what is it about the harbor swim that you that you would find better about the open ocean swim that you don't find in the harbor? Is it the relative difference of the of entering and exiting the surf or what what is, what is that all about? Yeah, also the harbor swims they're very congested. I mean, it was basically it was probably one of the most aggressive swims that I have been in and I've I've done some mass starts before. And this was very aggressive. I was kicked and punched a lot. And I went in the front. I ended up with my hand in somebody's neoprene cap on their face. So like my hand was here. I don't know how that happened. And I was I was literally drowning him. Um, so we stopped for a little bit. He was hyperventilating, called over. Yeah. So that was interesting. Wow, I've not I've not heard of that before. I do remember vividly a, a very nice right cross that I caught in my left eye as I was rounding the first buoy at Ironman Wisconsin years ago. Uh, so I, I too have been in some uh, some hectic mass start swims, uh, but I've never heard of actually getting inside someone's neoprene cap. My hand was inside on his face, inside the strap, and literally drowning him. I honestly don't know that that I could do that if I tried. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. It it was very unusual, but I got through it and uh, shook it off and got on the bike. It was also colder this year. It was cold in the morning, and I tend to do better in cold cold races, cold air races, cold water races. I prefer it being cold than over hot. Excellent. Okay. And well, and that makes sense. Oceanside being an early season race, mm -hmm. temperatures tend to be a little bit cooler versus, you know, something later in the year in Southern California, we might have a, a vastly different experience there. But so that plays to your strengths being that cooler weather. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So a couple of other uh, questions here. We like to think of Money Mile as being at the intersection of triathlon and personal finance. So what would you consider to be the, the best investment in the form of time, energy, or money that you've made in your athletic career? A Wahoo kicker. I love it. Maybe, maybe someday we can talk to them about getting sponsored here. But uh, I've heard of the kicker. But what is it that you like so much about it? Any time of day I can get on my kicker. It's very convenient because it's right there. You don't have any stoplights. So if I get on for like one hour, it's one hour of work. I'm not leaving my house. I'm not on the road. 
And the workouts are very, they can be very intense. It's also good for your cadence to get your cadence going. Um, some people tend to mash where on the kicker, I feel like it helps me rotate my, my legs a little better. My cadence is definitely better because of the kicker. It's just, you know, if you're stressed for time and, you know, a lot of people travel, then they have kids and I don't do any of those at the moment, but it's just a great, it's a great thing to have in your arsenal for sure. And I do like the fact that I'm not on the road every time I'm riding my bike. Brilliant. And you have, you have the other benefits of that, of being able to ride inside and not have to worry about, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of a, a 10 minute effort and I'm coming up to a, a red light. Like, oh, well, I guess that, you know, I'm going to have to negotiate all of that stuff. So the kicker is the device you put your bike on so you can train at your, at your own leisure on your own schedule. Do you use any of the, uh, the software programs that help do training programs, the visual? I do. I use Swift. I also use Trainer Road. And what our team does is that we have group, it's kind of like a spin class. It's on Trainer Road, we set up these, I do them on Thursday evenings with the team. I send out a link on Strava and up to 11 people can join my ride. They're on a computer. We can talk to each other. It's just a really great way of team bonding. And also getting a good workout. Like I said, it's kind of like a spin class. I tend to do that maybe twice a week. I'll do one today at 545 with the team. And I'll do one, of course, tomorrow at 530. So that is something that our team does. Most of us on our team do have kickers and participate in those group group workouts. Is that something that you have done for a long time? Or is this something that came about as part of the pandemic experience? It was the pandemic, yeah. You just continued it because it's such a great, you know, I'm getting my, getting my miles in and getting to chat with my teammates, bust each other's chops, you know, just some banter back and forth. It's really great. You should join us one time. I would love to do that. Uh, I will look forward to the invitation. Uh, that that sounds like that would be a good time. I'll, I, I will say I'm not one of those Uber bikers. I am a participant, but I'd love to be along for the ride at some point. That sounds like it'd be super fun. So the, the kicker was one of the, the best investments that you made. Has there been an investment uh, that was a significant waste of time, energy, or money that you would recommend others avoid? Yeah, I think I had written this. I had purchased a set of carbon wheels on eBay. And uh, they only lasted about a year and they cracked. And that was a definitely a waste of money. I was trying to not spend a lot on wheels. I didn't have the budget for it at the time, but I've learned my lesson. I will not buy wheels on eBay anymore. So interesting experience there. Were, were these used wheels that someone else, no. these were new wheels, but Brand more of wheels. a knockoff type of they were more of a knockoff yeah okay. so i don't recommend buying you know i would go to a reputable company something like a zip or envy that's what i would recommend fantastic thank you for the for the tip there obviously you know would would we would love to be sponsored by any of those companies but we we don't have any uh any sponsors or anything like that i have heard really good things about zip wheels in particular uh, i have a couple of friends that have raced uh envy and, and used to race reynolds wheels but there are reputable companies out there look for the good ones the advice there is don't try to find just the cheap deal you might regret it yeah i regretted it they they wouldn't warranty and you know the wheels you know because it had actually it happened like just at the year mark so they wouldn't warranty them 
That's my big waste of money is buying some knockoff wheels. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. There we go. All right. So Jen, at, at this point in your athletic career, what would you consider to be the most underrated aspect of triathlons or something you think more triathletes should know about? That's a really good question. I feel like most of the triathletes that I'm you know, around, we all pretty much have been in this in this game for many years. If I was a new, a new group, an age grouper coming in, the thing that I would say they need to know about is getting a coach. Mm. Every age grouper, I believe, needs to at least at some point get a coach, especially if you're first starting. That's what I think. That's my answer. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm a big fan of coaching myself. I've, I've worked with several coaches over the years and have had really uh, and have had no bad experience with coaches. It's just different approaches. But I, I, I'm a big fan of that. I will say, and I'd love to get your, your take on this, Jen. In my world, I think if your vision of triathlon is, hey, I'm going to get out there, I'm going to do one triathlon, one sprint distance triathlon, so I can say I'm a triathlete, and then I'm going to move on with my life and do other things then maybe you don't have to be as intense about that. But if you're going to look at triathlon as a lifestyle, or if you're going to be looking at, especially the longer distance courses, having a coach can be so valuable to save time, energy, money, save your mental health and well-being, uh, as well as just having someone queue up workouts and help you understand, hey, based on where you're at, maybe you might want to take that workout off because you're seeming kind of tired. Uh, just that external feedback. is that Would you share that thought or, or do you have some other ideas there? Yeah, absolutely. My coach, I don't know if this is a plug or not, but there's another app called training peaks and that's what all, you know all the coaches throw your even if you buy one plan online that's where all your workouts are stored and as you complete them they they turn different colors if you completed them correctly or if you didn't do all of it or if you missed it at all but there's numbers in that and a coach will let you know hey look you're tired you know maybe you should back off a little bit and that's really important I think everybody should know that they need to get a coach, <laughs> especially during long distance, longer distance triathlons. Excellent. So within your racing career, what would you say has been the biggest mistake that you've made while training or racing? I don't make mistakes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest mistake during a race or training it's probably the most typical answer is not taking in enough fluids or, or fuel food during a training ride or even during a race. One of my first long distance races, I didn't finish all of my liquids, which were all of my salt. And so when I went to run, I just cramped up. So that's probably my biggest mistake is not finishing what's on my bike. Because whatever is on my bike, I actually use everything on it. All my fluids, I actually add a lot. Another mistake, I didn't take additional fluids um, at any aid station, which I should have done. So one, I didn't finish my fluids. And two, I did not take in enough. I can certainly share that experience with you. I, I know a lot of a lot of us have. Uh, but I, I think something to highlight there is that you, you've done the work in advance to know the difference, to know that you, this is how much I need and I need to, I need to bring X amount of stuff with me, electrolytes, hydration, whatever, I need to bring on an additional amount of, of these other bits, whatever they might be. And then, you know, you need to go through that. 
Uh, a lot of folks who are newer to the sport may not necessarily be ready for that or aware of all of the things that they need to do and haven't tested that race nutrition. It's a big opportunity there to, to do better if you are testing that stuff and knowing your body, knowing what you need. Mm-hmm. I pretty much have it down now, so I'm good. <laughs> and to go back on that, my coach did go through that with me, all of my nutrition and what I think I need. And I just didn't. It was my first long race and I just, you know, just let it go. I paid for it on the run. There you go. Well, lessons are repeated until learned, I believe is that is that saying. So, uh, you know, it's it's one thing if you hear somebody tell it to you, but it's another if you actually experience that in a race. And now you can reflect back on it and say, oh, right, it was that part. This is the lesson I'm learning. So kudos to you. I'm glad that you've learned that lesson. You have a solid trajectory moving forward. And now let's just hope we don't have any of those nightmare issues where you you, know, you go over the railroad tracks and lose your nutrition or something like that on a race. Yeah, no. I make sure my nutrition is secure. <laughs> another, <laughs> another good lesson in that. Very good. It is time for a quick form check. Money Mile is powered by Waller Financial Coaching, a full-time fiduciary financial planning firm. If you want to improve your financial form and improve your financial independence, you can get a copy of Financial Independence for Triathletes by texting Money Mile, one word, to 33777. You will also be added to the Money for the Long Run newsletter. Again, text Money Mile, one word, to 33777. Now let's check in on that running form. If you have your own form cues, please use those. If not, here are mine. Drop your shoulder blades into your back pockets. Bring your eyes up to the horizon and lean forward from the ankles for the rest of this episode of Money Mile. Within your career thus far, what would you consider to be the favorite triathlon that you have competed in? My favorite triathlon? Your favorite. Well, I think I've mentioned um, definitely Santa Cruz is my favorite because that's where I podiumed. Yeah, so that's probably my favorite race that I have done. I mean, it's just scenic, you know, you're along the Pacific ocean the whole time, whether you're riding or you're running. I didn't have a lot of wind that year. So that was probably another positive on my list there. It's hard to say. I mean, that's great. Oceanside is one of my favorite as well, because it's so spectator friendly. So it's kind of a toss, but I'm going to go with Santa Cruz. Okay, fair enough. And you had mentioned earlier that Santa Cruz was or the last time that you had done Santa Cruz, if I if I have my notes right here, that you had uh, done Santa Cruz as part of a training program for Ironman Arizona. I did. And right. And so how, how was your experience with Ironman Arizona? Oh, I got sick during the swim. Oh, no. I know. And so I gutted it out through the whole swim. I tend to, I have an anti-nausea pill on my bike and all my special needs. I usually have one because I do tend to get very nauseous while training. That's just something that happens to me. So my bike was fine until the third lap. I ended up taking a four hour anti-nausea versus an eight. I didn't realize it. So the run was, uh, the run was interesting. I had to do like a walk run, but I finished. The weekend before Santa Cruz, I believe my training was like a hundred and probably like a hundred mile ride and a really long run the next day. So when Santa Cruz, the one that I podiumed at came up when I was there, 
I was like, oh, I only have to do 56 miles and I only have to run 13. I felt like I was winning. <laughs> well, and, and it turns out that you made the podium in that race. So like, hey, that's great. Podium, yeah. So yeah. Um, so that that is interesting to me, uh, just based on what you shared earlier, that you're more comfortable with the open ocean swim, but you also regularly uh, are challenged with a, with a nausea scenario. Is that like a like a seasickness type of experience or is, is there something else going on? It just, it might've been for Arizona. It might've been nerves. It might've been the water. Yeah. It could have been the water. I know a lot of people do get sick from that Arizona water. So I, I'm not sure what the issue was on that day. A lot of times I get nauseous when it's very warm. Like I said, I do better in cold. So a lot of times if I, if I'm overheated, I will start to get a little nauseous. Okay. That's interesting. I've, I've not heard of that as a symptom from other triathletes, uh, but it sounds like you've identified it. You, you have your solution in place. As long as you're able to make sure you have the right hill on your bike, you're in, you're in good shape. Yeah. I mean, like for a half Ironman, my four hour would have been fine, but right. the full. Yeah. Oh. The third lap in Arizona. Like, oh goodness. Uh, yeah. For those that aren't familiar with the Arizona course, it is well known for being a flat course. Uh, so you get to do three loops on the same section, but it's all, uh, I think, whatever it is, it's like 100 feet of climbing or less in a loop. Uh, so it is very flat. But doing that while feeling nauseous, I can't imagine what that experience must have been. So kudos to you. That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, I had a teammate that helped me out, too, which was great. He caught me up on the hill on the third loop and he was like, "Uh oh, what's going on? So he helped me out. At this point, I know you mentioned that you were very comfortable in the ocean swim and all that. Generally speaking, what would you consider to be your strongest, uh, the strongest aspect for you of your triathlon? I'm the same in all three, for sure. Pretty level? Yeah, I'm pretty level in all three. Excellent. Well, most of us have one thing and then, you know, some other stuff that we're trying to work on. Uh, the fact <laughs> that you've got a, a pretty level approach, that that's fantastic. Yeah. So thus far in your career, what is it that you are most proud of? Sticking with it for this long, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm most proud of, I've become a completely different person since I started triathlon. I'm more organized. I'm punctual. It's just given me something that I wouldn't say I was lacking, but it gives me structure and it's really helped me with my career. It's helped me, of course, with my triathlon and it's just made me an all around person altogether. It's helped me in every aspect of my life. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that you're getting, you're still getting a lot of benefits out of triathlon. I know uh, lots of us have, and that's why we continue to stick around. Mm -hmm. When you spend as much time with the people that I spend time with, they become like your family. And so I have some on my team, which I consider part of my family. And it's nice to have that community where you're out in the middle of the Arizona desert and somebody comes up behind you that you know and knows you well enough to say, uh-oh, something's up with Jen. We got to have a conversation. We got to help her out. That's, it, it's just fantastic. Yeah, we went to special needs together and he was giving me some stuff that was in his special needs bag. And it was just really sweet. Uh, that's great. So when you think back on your uh, training career thus far, had, was there a turning point that stands out in your mind, whether it be for uh, a specific advancement in your athleticism, or, or was there something that has significantly changed your trajectory as an athlete? Nothing changing with my trajectory, but I'm going to say that my triathlon started getting a lot better when I 
one, I've always strength trained and I still do, but I picked up another day on the bike. It was a game changer for me. So picking up a third day during the week on my kicker really made a significant difference in my cycling. And of course, strength training as well. I do have a new strength coach at the moment, which has he's really, that's another game changer. I recommend anyone who is doing triathlon to at least do some strength work. It helps with recovery. It helps with injury, you know, maybe to not get injured so much. You just want to work the muscles that need to be worked for whatever discipline you're doing. That's my recommendation. Everyone needs to strength train. (laughs) I think that that's a pretty solid recommendation. From my experience, I know that I will perform better and I feel better at events and at races when I'm regularly strength training and at least doing core work. I think if you can at least do core work, that's going to be huge. If you can build in other strength training, you know, good for you. I, I know lots of us are, you know, busy. We're we're working. Most of us are working professionals. Most of the, most of us don't get paid to do this stuff. Uh, so trying to juggle work, family, uh, all these other situations, and then say, oh hey, by the way, in addition to all that swim, bike, running you're doing, you might want to spend some time in the weight room. Yeah, I know, I know. I I really really spread myself thin sometimes, but if I'm gonna exchange anything out, I would probably do a strength training session over a swim session. That's just me. Yeah. Well, and that's where everybody's different. You have that comfort level and that background comfort with the, with the swim. So you know, that's something that everybody, one of the nice things about triathlon is everybody gets to choose. Okay. This, this is where I think I need to put in the work. Uh, is it with strength training or, you know, for someone else, it might be comfort level with the bike or doing bike drills or something like that. So they can feel more comfortable riding around other people, whatever it might be. We all get to choose what is that area that we want to work on. So, uh, but it's, it sounds like you're a, a big advocate of the strength work. Very much so. Excellent. Okay. Taking a, a little bit different approach to this. One of the things that I've noticed is it seems to me as though there is a, uh, a much more significant presence uh, in uh, triathlon and, and racing in general for the women's side of triathlon. So I, I which I, I love to see, I'd love to see, you know, more women out there racing. So I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, when, when you're training and racing with other women, what are some key differences that you see as, as part of being the triathlon culture for women these days? <laughs> I don't really see any. I, I, I can't answer that question. I, I really can. I don't see anything different or, you know, maybe I'm not paying attention enough um, to what's going on out there and I'm just paying attention to my training. What I have noticed is that in my age group specifically, I feel like the numbers have grown versus I feel like for the men, the younger Um, age groups have more people in them. And I feel like for the women, the older, like the 40 to 60 age group for women, um, there seem to be, yeah, that the standards are higher. I mean, there's more, the more women racing and, and with men, I feel like it's, it's more the, the younger age groups that are a little bit more competitive and have more people. That's just what I've noticed. And I, I could be wrong. Well, and, and I, I recognize that I have uh, my own point of view and perspective in this. Uh, so I've been racing since 2004 and just kind of- Oh, seen, you're longer than me. <laughs> uh, I've been around a little while. I've uh, always been you know, mid-packer athlete, so I haven't been all that great. But one of the things that it, it seems like there's more 
and, and please correct me if, if you see something different, but it seems to me like there's more positivity and encouragement among the women's community, especially while racing uh, a little bit more of the, yeah, go get them type of mentality as opposed to from a guy's perspective, you know, when a guy goes by me on the bike, they're just whizzing by and it's more like, hey, get out of my way. I'm I'm racing here. Whereas the women, it seems like it's more of a more of a positive, encouraging environment. That depends. It depends. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, of course, yeah. The men don't like it when the girls go by them. So that I understand that. <laughs> there's that. Okay. Yeah, there's that. I'm very social when I race during the bike. I'm saying hi to people. I'm giving them encouragement. I'll do it with the men as well. On the run, it's high fives. And especially here in Oceanside, Southern California has a very big presence at these races. And so I will pretty much talk to everyone I know or high five them or scream at them. So I I do see your point. The loneliest race I ever had was St. George worlds last year that was a very quiet race there was no encouragement i think because there's so many different countries coming in that there wasn't a lot of english you know it was just for me that was a very lonely race because i am very social when i race it sounds like you thrive on that social aspect being able to i do yeah you know i like to run with people so if i can get someone to run with me during a race that's even better i'm sure you feel the same way the concept of misery loves company. I love on the run, encouraging others. And, and you know, if you see somebody walk in, it's, hey, it's just a it's just a little bit further. Hey, come come run with me to the next aid station. Let's go. I thoroughly enjoy that aspect of things. So I mean, that comes naturally to me, even in training rides, even at the track. If someone's I see that they're killing it. I uh, be like, hey, go get it. You know, I'm that's the type of athlete I am. You sound like the type of athlete I'd like to hang out with. So I'm really glad we're having the talk today. So what is your A race for this year? It is 70.3 Jones Beach that's located in Long Island, New York. It's the first race there ever. And so that is my A race. However, I've been looking at the wins and I'm not sure if it's going to be my A race anymore. I was looking at the the right website. It looks like that's about a month from today, uh, the, the day that we're recording. It's about a month from now. It is actually. It's in one month from today. Correct. Okay. The winds have piqued your uh, concern a little bit. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what is it about the winds that's got that have that has you nervous at the moment? We're looking at you know twenty three mile an hour winds and summer even higher. It just depends. So I don't know if I'm tracking it. I'm trying not to freak out about it, but. Uh, and we have wind here, but I'm not, maybe I should have rode in the hurricane. <laughs> um, uh, maybe not. I think I would say I think you made a good, good decision there. But. I should have put the kicker outside and had the wind, you know, <laughs> wouldn't just get me. Yeah. All right. It's my race. We'll, we'll see. Well, I certainly wish you the best of luck uh, at Jonesville. And so I, I, when I saw that, I was like, New York, I didn't know they had a 70.3. And I know that uh, the, the Ironman organization has been uh, kind of building races and expanding and, and uh, kind of, uh, I would say, taking over, uh, but folding in some of those uh, smaller local races. But this one, it sounds like it is a, it is a brand new race that they're, that they're coming up with. So that explains why I hadn't heard of it before. I think it's like 33 or 34 races, uh, domestic races in the U.S., uh, just the 70.3 distance. So 
And as you know, the races to, to start watching is going to be the PTO races as well. I mean, there's so if the U.S. Open and, you know, if it comes back to I believe it was Milwaukee, I'm going to try to get on that. I would definitely race that one. That would be super cool. So, all right. Well, well, we'll look forward to all of that. So a couple of other questions and something I really want to make sure we get an opportunity to highlight here. What would you most like the world to know about you and your journey with triathlon? Well, I, of course, I, I was never athletic ever growing up. You know, all through high school, I always worked. I, I never played a sport. I didn't know how to swim. And so mid, you know, for, when I got into my 40s, that's when I learned how to do everything. So what I want everyone to know about me is that I don't know if it's about me or about in general. It's never too late to start treating your body better, giving yourself, stepping outside your comfort zone, doing things that are hard. That's what I've experienced. And it's hard to balance life and work and working out. And so I don't know if I actually answered your question, but I guess my whole thing is that it's never too late to try something new. That's my motto. Fantastic. I love that. And that, that I think is a, a great point for us to uh, wrap things up on today. So Jen O'Keefe, I thank you very much for sharing a little bit about your experience and your triathlon journey here with us uh, at the Money Mile podcast. Thank you very much for your time. We wish you all the best at Jones Beach 70.3 and all of your races moving forward. Thank you. I will absolutely look forward to that invite and join you on one of those uh, trainer road, one of those <laughs> episodes. I don't know what you call that, sessions. Uh, I, I look forward to that. Uh, it sounds like a super good time. You'll see it on my Strava. You'll see it says group workout if you're ever on my Strava. And that's all of us coming together. Fantastic. I look forward to that. All right. Well, Jen, <laughs> thank you again for your time. And we'll look forward to hearing good stuff from your athletic career as you move forward. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye, Justin. Thanks again to Jen O'Keefe for coming on the show. We really appreciate her time and all the knowledge that she shared. I hope our listeners found this as valuable as I did. If you did, please share the podcast with your training buddies and friends. Keep in mind, if you work out, everything else will too. And we look forward to talking with you next time on Money Mile.